Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, Zach Wilson here. You may know me as Marvel Movie News' Voice of Doom, and I'm here to tell you about some exciting stuff coming this fall. You've seen her fly, now watch her move to a brand new network. The CW has a new hero when Supergirl lands October 10th. It's the season two premiere of the show that critics call pure blissful fun. This season, the Man of Steel will finally be revealed. Supergirl's Melissa Benoist teams up with Tyler Hoechlin, the newest Superman of the DC Universe. It's a superhuman family reunion when these Kryptonian cousins join forces in the fight for justice. And if you're wondering if the next president will be a woman, we have your answer. Because Linda Carter, the original Wonder Woman, guest stars as Supergirl's Commander-in-Chief. Even though Supergirl has her hands full fighting evil full-time, Kara Danvers is facing changes as challenges of her own. She knows what it takes to be a hero, but Kara is trying to figure out how to fit in with the human race while taking on a new job, new friends, and a new love who's out of this world. An evil corporate empire will rise that bears the name of an age-old nemesis, Luthor. Supergirl and Superman come face-to-face with Lex Luthor's next of kin, Lillian and Lena. And as you might expect, the Luthor family shares a passion for power that can only be satisfied by a different kind of green. Kryptonite. Supergirl, all new episodes starting Monday, October 10th, now only on The CW. Iron Fist has a release date. Spider-Man rumors are out. Black Panther rumors are out. There's some Thor rumors out. But most importantly, where Kim Kardashian failed, Luke Cage succeeded in breaking the internet. This is Marvel Movie News! Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Marvel Movie News. Excelsior to you, our merry Marvelites. This is our first post-Luke Cage show. And That's I you. am making sound because <laughs> I am a professional. And my laptop just became self-aware. <laughs> nice. So this is our first post-Luke Cage show. So we are coming to you live from Harlem Paradise. Sweet Christmas. Because that place <laughs> yes, had indeed. the best music. I still have Hands oh. of the Chief stuck in my head. And that dude is awesome. And I have since bought his oh, album. Oh, man. Faith Evans. Oh, I love you, Faith There's Evans. so much good music. Uh, this is amazing. So we're going to tell you all the news from all the studios and why you should be excited as we are about them. You can subscribe to us on iTunes at youtube.com slurredfast popcorn talk. You can find us on Popcorn Talk's website. That's not how iTunes works. Popcorntalknetwork.com. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Marvel News PTN and Facebook at Facebook.com slash Marvel News Show. And if you live tweet while we're here, Doom in the booth will retweet you and join the ranks of the Merry Marvelites. Doom has got your back. <laughs> so I am Koi Jandro at C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U here with the lovely Marquia McCarthy. 
Uh, yes, you can find me on Twitter um, at M-A-R-K-E-I-A-M-C-C-A-R-T-Y. And the Matt, he is unfortunately quite ill. He woke no. up sick. He watched Luke Cage along with the rest of us preparing for the show and then woke up very not well. And he has both Doctor Strange and a wedding coming up. So we're going to let him heal. And for now, we'll be covering the bases. So yeah. he'll be back next week. And uh, he sends his love and apologies. Somebody for get season. a night nurse over to Matt Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Rosario Dawson can come hang anytime. Oh, I'm telling you, right? So uh, she's awesome. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I was so glad how much she was in the show. Uh, so we're going to get to that at the end. But we're going to start with some light, quick news briefs. We've got Thor Ragnarok rumors. There, this is really exciting for me because I love this re- obscure character. Uh, Korg was teased as being uh, appearing in the film, and the director I feel is just weird enough to involve that kind of weird character, and the movie shaping up to be strange enough to really just throw in all the crazy we never thought we might see. Uh, using these planets and using the tone of the film as an, as a cosmic you know buddy movie, you can really do a lot in the way of like C and D list obscure characters. So. Uh, we have this beautiful image of, I mean... This is from uh, the Dark World. Right, this is Thor Dark World, and this is... Yeah. I a, mean, if if you remember this scene, this is a, close to the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. This is like yeah. the, one of the first fights, if not the first fight. Yeah, where it's like uh, they come to a stalemate on the battlefield, and then uh, it's basically your greatest uh, fighter against our greatest fighter, a- and, and out Thor. comes... Yes, Thor and uh, Korg. Yes. <laughs> and they battle... <laughs> So, I mean, if we get stuff like this in this movie and we get a full, like, gladiator throwdown for a, a large portion of the film, I, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, Thor's always been the, not uneven, but it, it's a tricky uh, trilogy to really navigate. And this one is shaping up to be one of our most anticipated movies just because of sheer wonky factor. Like, if Hunter S. Thompson was going to be involved in a Marvel film, I'd be there. <laughs> so that's what it seems this to be. This is Marvel country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's full acid trip Marvelite. And I'm I'm very excited. Uh, they've also discussed that he will be a gladiator, possibly fighting along with the Hulk's resistance. So Ooh. that's exciting. Because yeah. that means, that implies a team. And that implies, like, a bigger clash than I expected. Yes, and Planet Hulk is always fun. <laughs> oh, this movie cannot come soon enough. And there's more, uh, that, more Ragnarok... Uh news because uh, the rumors of uh scourge and valkyrie yeah how they're going to be involved that we're further down our rundown in a separate thor ragnarok entry there's <laughs> so much like marvel's really they have so much power and money now uh, and they're in a position to make bold choices and the way they're taking that i'm so proud like the direction they're going in with their enterprise and their industry they're taking a lot of risks and they're not doing the color by numbers version of a, of a comic book movie at all everything they're doing seems crazy and we're gonna get to the doctor strange stuff later but like mm-hmm. the 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 cloak uh teaser that came out like the, the the direction marvel's going in is as exciting as i think phase one i think oh, phase one nice. was like we'd never experienced it like we didn't know what was happening like yeah. this is the first time we get to experience movies phase two was them like solidifying themselves as a force we reckon with. But yeah, now Yeah, more like, three, hey, you know what we have to offer, so here's these other things. Right. It's like, trust us, trust <laughs> us, trust us. Phase three, they're like, thanks for trusting us. <laughs> <laughs> Explode the universe. And that's amazing. Uh, so, mm-hmm. it's the same excited about Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Panther. This is exciting because we have Manape in the movie. And he has it's been cast. Terrible. Winston Duke is playing Manape. <laughs> now, Manape is... We literally discussed him as a character that was not likely to be in the film. Like, we, when we were first talking Baku? about it, we were, yeah, yeah. We, we were saying there's no way they'll use him. There's no way yeah. that'll be an option. And and he's he's official? Like, that's that's a thing that's happening. Like, what were your thoughts? Uh, well, I'm, it's, well, you know that we know with Black Panther already, they're going to have that, you know, whole thing where it's like, um, 
from inside. You know, he has forces outside and forces inside. This just is another thing that they can do for a force uh, from inside. I mean, he's he was one of Wakanda's greatest warriors. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if you see, uh, we're getting a picture <laughs> um, up with him. He's he's part of the um, outlawed rival cult, uh, the White Gorilla Cult, mm-hmm. um, because you know Wakandans were you know Panther cult and then uh he's uh part of the white gorilla ones uh, and like okay so for with the panthers they would get their power by eating the heart-shaped herb uh i believe with uh this cult they ate white gorilla flesh and it, their white gorillas aren't exactly extremely populous yeah. so that's another one of the reasons why they're it's not necessarily a great thing for them to do right right it's like I'm... oh if i eat condor meat you know <laughs> That gives that a little kind of villain thing. flavor. And the visual of that, like the the ape, the, the gorilla versus panther, like I'm excited to see how the costumes work and like how they make that nod and like, yeah, this movie is shaping up to be really special. Yeah, and he's going to be a really powerful character. He's going to add a great dynamic to this whole, uh, to the whole uh, mix. And I can't wait to see the tech, uh, like involvement in the costumes and like the way <laughs> they integrate Wakandan like brilliance into like how these people represent apes and how they represent panthers and like the way we got his costume in civil war was so amazing because it was we we'd never seen a costume uh they had actually i, I read the cgi'd over everything because it wasn't possible to actually make Ooh. that in real life whoa like the way that costume was was physically impossible so they whoa. designed one and then they rendered over it like spider-man but the cgi <laughs> was, was so good we didn't notice no didn't notice at all that was a fully rendered costume that was that well done that's what good cgi looks like yeah, yeah. it I looks always, like yeah, it looks it's like, like real three, effect. It's like 3D conversion. Like, it's not that the, the act of using CGI or using 3D conversion is bad. It's just the how you do it <laughs> and how much work and effort you put in. Because most 3D nowadays is conversion. You can't tell the difference. Well, I love 80-20. I love when it's 80% practical, 20% augmented. That's why Jurassic Park you can watch today and the movie's 20 years right? old. Right? We're talking about the original Jurassic Park. <laughs> like, Jurassic Park. OG Jeff Jurassic Goldblum, Park. Yeah. Original. It holds up better than <laughs> most CGI mirror. now. Like, because yeah. those animatronics were then refined. And if they're doing that with Black mm-hmm. Panther, as they did in the Civil War, if they do that with these amazing costumes, then we have the potential to have a really special film. And that's what it sounds like they're trying to do. Yeah. And I trust the entire team blindly. Here is all yeah. of my money to watch the movie now. I've seen <laughs> nothing, and I'm very excited. The yeah. inclusion of uh, M'Baku in the movie, it just, it makes this, like, uh, almost like Game of Thrones level, like, Ooh. amount of people vying for T'Challa's seat. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll have M'Baku, you'll have Shuri, and she's a powerful character. I can't wait to see how they embody her. Uh, and then just, like, the, the give and take between M'Baku and T'Challa is going to be really interesting. I mean, they're complete rivals, but kind of not. <laughs> kind of just with that whole sibling rivalry thing. Oh, uh, this is going to be such a good movie. Yeah. Oh, my god. Just goodness. every time they announce another cast member, I'm like, oh, right. that Oh, that's insane. And, like, it has to, like, <laughs> dawn on me that we live in a time where, like, there's a man-ape. Yes. Yes, there's a man-ape. I say man-ape this about every movie. on the but... big screen, you guys. That's a thing that's happening in the real world. Like, there's a Man. cast. We're discussing it. Like, that's that's just yeah. bananas. I almost wish that there could be the scene in the wedding where Umbaku's there and he tries to pick a fight with Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, I want Spider-Man. Yeah, obviously we won't have the marriage between <laughs> T'Challa and, and Storm, but... Yeah, That'd that's... be so fun to see on the screen. And she's great. I, that was one of my favorite parts of X-Men Apocalypse is that yeah. the new Storm was so oh. incredible. I thought she was brilliant. I thought I, I really enjoyed her hair. Yeah. I mean, that was Storm for me. <laughs> it was a very impressive outfit. I liked their, their rendition of her. So since this is a Luke Cage show, we must mention, and very excitedly, that Iron Fist has been given an official release date. 
We will now get to witness the glory that is Iron Fist sooner than any of us expected. It's coming out on March 17th, 2017. That's like not far. 31717. Yeah, that's like five months away. Yeah, it almost that's feels so, like a date of power. That's so early, it almost it, it gives some credence to the rumors of a three a year. Oh, no, it definitely does. I think that all but, I mean, for me, that all but confirms it. I feel like they're going to have an early spring, summer, fall, and that is awesome. Because you can spread it out. You do one in March, you do one in July, and then one in, like, November. Right, exactly. I mean, like, that's what they're doing now, they just shifted one forward. I think we're going to have Punisher, I hope we're going to have Punisher... Uh, as our fall one next year because i mean that's like that's totally doable and and clearly since they broke the internet this weekend that, <laughs> like that's clearly people want it it's not like it's going unwatched um so <laughs> we also have a picture of danny rand uh to tie in with this of him now i i you guys want to see the trailer yes actually Ooh, i haven't yes. seen it let's do this let's watch the trailer I'll take it. That's literally it. That's literally all they had to do. It's the too. movement yeah. trailer, right? It's one of those motion trailers, like the Daredevil one? The motion poster. Yeah, that's it. Motion poster. You know what? I'm excited. You're like, I can't put that on my wall. When I was, in the 90s, they were holograms, and it showed three pictures, and now they're swirly things, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, Iron Fist is in March, guys, and that's not far away. And in between then, we get a little movie called Doctor Strange, so that's pretty That's thrilling. pretty darn good. We're living in a good time to be alive. It's a yeah. good time to be a geek. Uh, do we have the picture of Danny Rand? Uh, now Matt Matt does our uh, Matt does the rundown, and Matt thought he was going to be here today, so Matt did this rundown. When mm-hmm. I come in, I usually do my own rundown when I'm hosting. So I have Matt's rundown, and I'd like to point out this is amazing breakdown of this image. Matt said, "There's a picture to look at. Danny Rand beating down a dude with lots of beaten down dudes behind him." <laughs> And I agree. Look at Danny Rand beating down a dude with lots of beating down. I mean, it's so old school kung fu movie, you know, where it's just like people moving in the background, like shift to the left. Oh no. Shift to the right. Attack him one at a time. I mean, stagger, (laughs) stagger, stagger. I feel like with the, we keep alluding to it. We're going to get to Luke Cage because it's all that's on my mind. Yeah. With the tone they were able to accomplish with Luke Cage and with the 70s flavor that felt modern somehow. Oh, yes. They have found an amazing way of making any tone work with superheroes. Like, I will give them carte blanche. <laughs> I think they could literally make a notebook film and I would be like, I would, yeah, why have I never seen those characters as notebook characters before? Like, they can set a tone for any universe, and I'm in. Because the tone of Luke Cage was so unique and powerful and amazing that if this is kung fu, then here, money. He's <laughs> like, just take my money. There's one, your money. Oh, one image in a date, and I'm just like, so in. I'm so excited. Yeah, it'd be really interesting, especially when we get around to Luke Cage with, like, uh, different dynamics of uh, character relationships that happen there. Yeah. And then we're going to have Iron Fist coming out, you know, in March. So it's like, will that be incorporated? How is this going to relate? Yeah. So... Well, remember when the Avengers came out? When the Avengers came out and they had Mm -hmm. those, they had the four movies that were separate and Cap felt so different than Thor and Thor felt so different from, like, so everything was so separate, but then Joss Whedon in his brilliance put them together (laughs) and it felt right. It did. Avengers was my favorite Marvel movie for the longest time because it was the Mm -hmm. thing I didn't think was possible. Like, I just didn't, my brain didn't know how, it'd be like when you taste something you've never tasted. You're like, this is new. It's like having uh, these complete foods or complete dishes and then discovering fusion. Yes, exactly. It's like your first lasagna. <laughs> you're like whoa you can put noodles and sauce and cheese in that layer and it tastes different 
Avengers was lasagna. So okay. I'm very excited like for this. One. Or do you think lasagna is las- infusion? I think lasagna, lasagna is, is cold fusion and it's science <laughs> and I'm ex- I'm very hungry today. <laughs> so I'm excited for the defenders of lasagna and it's coming. And I no, I'm really curious how the tone's gonna be. I think be. that's adorable. Because <laughs> well, the defense uh Daredevil was such a different tone than mm-hmm. Jessica Jones, but they were like cousins. Like you could see the parallel, you could see them yeah. existing in the same universe. Luke Cage is real different. Uh, yes, and, Luke and... Cage is his own voice. Um, it exists in this world, definitely, as they refer to the incident, mm-hmm. which we know is the Avengers. A lot of hammer jokes. Yes, a lot of hammer jokes. There was a lot of good references, yeah. but it also felt like it was... Part of this. Right, yeah. it was here in this world, but it was also like over here. So yeah. uh, with this looking like nothing we've seen yet, and then when we know inevitably the Defenders are coming together, it's going to be like the... We've had 13 hours of these characters. And mm-hmm. with the Avengers, we only had two leading up to them. So I'm really curious how it blends and like what that's going to feel like, what that yeah. show's going to feel like, and how they're going to possibly relate. And I don't know. With this image, that's where my brain went, was the idea of uh, lasagna. <clears throat> so uh, moving on to Spider-Man. Um, Doom, can you check the live chat real quick? Okay. So moving on to Spider-Man. So Spider-Man Homecoming is rumored to have three villains. Now, usually... That is the kiss of death, and that is a horrible, horrible news to break. I'm usually afraid of saying the word three in relation to villains, but every single image I've seen from this film and every single uh, a bit of, of news that's come out has mm-hmm. given me this blind faith that is very reckless, <laughs> and I shouldn't have it, and it's very naive, but yeah. I want to keep it for John Hughes' sake, because those movies are so full of naive happiness that I'm going to maintain that three villains might be a good thing. Yeah, you can have an ensemble of villains. It doesn't necessarily have to be Spider-Man 3. Right, that's so, the fear. That's the fear. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Gonna happen. I don't think it can. I don't I'm think even more afraid of Batman and Robin. I mean, oh. <laughs> I'm even more afraid of just, like, you know, a montage of butts and crazy lights, and I'm afraid of... But I don't hey, think the gonna... butts were okay! I mean, hey. But yeah, no, it... it um, it it went above and beyond Batman and Robin. It really went there. Yeah. So three villains is usually the kiss of death, but with this film, I'm going to maintain uh, optimism. And a lot of people are getting upset because they're announcing more and more and more. But I think we as a culture have gotten to a point where we accept more uh, and we live in a time where superheroes are more part of our like cultural norm. So you can go a little farther now and you can mm-hmm. exist in a bit of a broader spectrum of reality. Because yes. we're accepting these things as like, oh yeah, no, that's a whole... Like, we don't even think about it. It's like, oh, yeah, the Hulk's in it. Yeah, the Hulk's in it. Totally Yeah, he he changes. He changes when he's angry. He's there. He's climbing buildings. Right. Our brain doesn't have to go like, hmm, Mm. what if we made an angly art house film about a man as a Hulk? Like, we don't do that now. So, uh, rumor is we will have a third villain as a non-superpowered character who butts heads with Peter in his everyday life. To me, that sounds like Flash Thompson. Mm-hmm. So which would mean it's less of a third villain as other people are implying freaking out about it on the internet and then we also have a rumor that a surprise appearance from a central Spider-Man character that quote we've also been told that there will be a surprise appearance from a character that is central to the Spider-Man mythos one will play a larger role in upcoming films we just can't confirm who it is at this time I hope that's Norman Osborn in a weird way because I feel like he's gotten so close to being done right and yet we haven't fully had the Osborne legacy and that feels like a character that might be uh, like you know a good foundation as long as they don't do the Oscorp villain of the month thing like they were setting up for Amazing Spider-Man oh right where, where it's like, like oh look at all of these possibilities where they're like everything comes from that building it's yes. like why is there this, like a villain building this is the building? Q of villains yeah. I'm the Q the Apple store of villains you just walk <laughs> in you're like I'd like a 6S rhino okay take yes. him out take him like as long as we don't have that I'm like, okay like hey the Scorpion 
tail isn't working. I know I go to the tinkerer, but I think you can handle this for me. Fix it at the Genius Bar, because Norman's not here today. Can you guys... I made an appointment two weeks ago. Uh, if the tinkerer is not a Mac villain, we're okay. And uh, I also think he might be Doc Ock, because of this rumor. The, oh. uh, there's another rumor that uh, we've got Shocker and Vulture locked down, but the new villain is apparently someone in Peter Parker's life, someone supposedly dating Aunt May who does not like Peter. What if... Ooh. We had pre-Doc Ock Otto Octavius dating May Parker as he did in the comics. He is very suave and intelligent and obsessed. You know, he's got that intensity. Oops. Yeah. Would That's that be cool a to possibility, have actually. a pre-Doc could, Ock Otto? They could do that. I'm, I'm guessing they wouldn't have the, you know. No, he wouldn't be there no, yet. No, he wouldn't be there yet. But Which wouldn't be canon because when, when yeah. she met him, he was already Doc Ock and she was just like, you poor man, a mis- you're, everybody judges you and that, that <laughs> men is Spider-Man. Uh, like it was a whole thing because Peter Parker was like, Aunt May. And it was a fun run and it was real silly. Uh, at one point, Aunt May leaves Peter Parker's uh, like home because he wants to go take care of Doc Ock. Like she's literally like, I've been babying you too much, Peter. I'm gonna go tend to Doc Ock's affairs, and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, Hammerheads okay. involved. It's a whole thing. Nice. Uh, but that'd be a really cool <laughs> way to have him introduced, where we wouldn't necessarily associate him with Alfred Molina, and we can kind of lean into the crazy. Um, yeah, and I, then that's. I was gonna say, I wonder if it's uh, sorry, Murkia, uh, yeah. uh, if it's just J. Jonah Jameson. In the comics, because uh, Aunt May dates his father, but right. he just aged down Aunt Ooh. May. What if Aunt May is just straight up dating J. Jonah Jameson? Oh my. That would be amazing. Oh. And if it's Nick Offerman, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those muscles. Nick Offerman and Marissa Tomei, Ooh. I ship it. I'm oh, about man. it. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> There's so many cool characters because Spider-Man is such a rich history that there's like, we can just theorize about which character that might be and if it's even happening. And there's yeah. just so much, 60 years of awesome. I, I like the Doc Ock angle though, because uh, it's also, that could be kind of a tension between uh, Tony Stark. Oh and, yeah. Uh, right? Cause he's in the movie. You're like, oh, you know, I'm a billionaire. Like, <laughs> billionaire genius. Oh, I'm a genius millionaire <laughs> <laughs> yeah with tentacles etc uh, yeah. there's so much fun to be had with the science angle because of the peter parker dynamic mm-hmm. with tony and then adding another scientist would be fun yeah there's a spider-man oh, i'm so excited for spider-man you guys uh so moving on to now this is is it's not a rumor it's pretty much solidified but we're not quite sure but apparently th- now this could be part of another show but we think they've started shooting punisher now, we think that because apparently there's a working title that while they film shows and movies a lot of times, they film it under an alternate title. That way there's less paparazzi, a little less people stalking. Uh, right. Usually people find out and it, it doesn't last long, but apparently, and I hate to do this because I'm probably causing some of that, oh. but they're calling... <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Koi uh, confirms. Uh, no, they're apparently calling Punisher a crime while they're filming it, which is really cool because uh, they called Luke Cage Tiara and they called uh, Iron Fist Kick. So it's a it's a good little one word play mm-hmm. on the the show's tone, obviously, and it has apparently started shooting. Now we have a picture of the one, the only, the John Bernthal, and he's looking very not Punishery, because yeah. I don't think of Punisher with a beard. He does in the comics have a beard sometimes. I know. I know because it's a very trimmed beard. He's very and there's that manicured. It, yes, yes. Uh, it, it's like if he is Punisher here, it's like he still has a presence of mind to, you know. Take care of himself a little shape, bit. Yeah. A little uh, what, what is that called? The soul patch? Yeah, like he's got a lot going to, on. 
Yeah. I mean, it it looks nice. Yeah, I mean, it's John But I just don't think it's to the point where Punisher's like, I must revenge my family. Nothing matters yeah. but me. And yeah, my beard. My, my woman and must my revenge. And my beard, yes. But that's, so I'm curious how that angle goes, because this is the last thing I expected to see when, uh, when at the end of the, you know, at the end of Daredevil, he, spoiler alert, walks off full crazy with a giant Gatling gun into the yeah. darkness. I didn't expect, like, the next image to be like, you know, I've been seeing this barber really top-notch. And, uh, <laughs> but it's still a Punisher show and i could not be more excited because he i think was a highlight of an already impressive season two of daredevil so that's yes. how they started shooting so that's that's blue harvest too right there right there <laughs> into it let's make it happen it, it could be that he like wanders away uh maybe from punishing for a while. <laughs> uh i don't know like at the very beginning and then this is and then like he sees something or something happens that he has to go back into it my thought was a uh, a flashback to him on a mission and explaining like how he got so good at doing what he does. Oh, that that's my theory. I like that call. That's he a, looks that's a little younger. What I just said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm really upset, but I gotta calm down for my nerves. I'm gonna go take a break from punishing. Yeah. Brb. <laughs> go to Wee Spa. You know, yeah, yeah, and just like our Darren Spa. <laughs> go to Darren Spa for a little bit. Yeah, I gotta go yeah. to this this uh, this Harlem Club. Here, it's great. But you gotta look good to get in there. So I'm gonna <laughs> trim up a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I think it, I assuming it's a flashback, and it would also make sense to shoot that uh, separately. So we also have a brief little tidbit of news about Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumor is Scourge and Valkyrie will be involved in the gladiator matches. Now we're not sure if Valkyrie is going to be from Asgard or not, and that would be an interesting take on the character. Mm-hmm. I she kind of needs to be for me. Yeah, kind of does. <laughs> kind of like know, a big part kinda... of her thing necessary but you know um i i like uh was it tessa thompson mm-hmm, i love I, I, her yeah i like that choice so it's like i'm i'm okay if they if they change that no matter what tessa thompson's valkyrie and no matter yeah what, so I'm, I'm on board because creed was like and apparently marvel liked creed just as much as i did because they've individually handpicked every person involved in making that movie they're like every <laughs> single actor in creed and the director please come work for us here's some money and exposure yeah, uh, like, we we know that you do the things that we need yeah. <laughs> Oh, you mean a character drama with great action scenes? Would you like to make a Marvel Ooh. movie? Because Creed was <laughs> perfect. That's what Marvel is now. Oh, they're so good. Uh, Creed, I thought, was literally the best movie of last year, and the fact that they're going that direction is wonderful. So Tessa Thompson right. as Valkyrie, sign me up. Now, mm-hmm. the curiosity is with the intergalactic flavor of the show, the mm-hmm. movie, yeah. uh, where she'll come from and, and what that character will represent, and if she'll be yeah. canon from the comic as directly as we're assuming. So that's the only rumor that she might not be. But we have heard that Scourge works for Grandmaster and then he does that by enforcing the gladiator battles. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I just, I can't wait to see Jeff Goldblum <laughs> as Grandmaster. I just can't wait. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be so nuts. And now Sam Neill and like, then we have <laughs> Benicio Del Toro if he ah. showed. Like there's so much uh, big actors. There's so many big like personalities yeah. in this movie. And you can tell already that since they've attracted such like gargantuan talent and just like veteran talent that the script has to be good. No way. It just no has to be. Yeah. Yeah, for them to be, I mean, yes, Marvel property and, you know, Marvel's really big news. But they're not going to do something that's not done well. They're not going to be like, just because Marvel, they're not going to sacrifice their integrity as being Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Jeff Goldblum's like, nah, it's fine. Like, and then uh, after the two movies we've seen him do, like, after Hunt for the Wilder People and What We Do in the Shadows. Right. Yeah. Um, What's his name? Uh, Taiki Waititi? That's his name, but I can't pronounce it. I cannot pronounce it. it. Yeah, if anybody wants to phonetically spell that in the chat room, then I'll say it out loud. If you're watching, call in, Taiti, and let us know how it's pronounced. I would love to hear. <laughs> uh, so that's not a lot of news, but I'm 
ever more excited about the way the universe is going, so I had to bring it up. Yes. Now, we have a ton, and I mean a literal ton, an entire page and a half. Yes, it's like a Stephen King novel. <laughs> Matt went crazy with Doctor Strange, because you may not know this about Matt Key, but he's slowly becoming the Sorcerer Supreme himself, and he might just be trapped you know, in his own chamber at home, becoming more powerful and saying he's sick as we speak. I'm not sure. I can't guarantee that. But hey, when the ancient one shows up, you call in sick. You call work. in sick. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so he has a lot, and I'm going to let him handle this next week. It's going to be a little on the late side, but the beauty of Matt Key's brain is he can explain things about Doctor Strange in a way that I could never pretend to. So you might get these facts from me, but they won't have the flavor of Matt Key. So I'm going to let him handle the glory that is Doctor Strange next week. But a couple pieces of this that I did want to talk about, because the the thing about Doctor Strange I love is the imagery of Ditko art. So there's actually a quote here. Um, do, 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 literally okay. pages. And I think I have a consensus uh mk songbird and uh dore me uh it might be tai ka wa titi <laughs> tai ka wa titi tai ka wa titi thank cool. you thank you so much i appreciate that tai ka wa titi mm-hmm. uh so we have a quote here saying that feige said scott was very smart and not wanting it to simply be someone shoots a bolt of lightning and someone blocks a ball of lightning so someone throws another ball of lightning there are interpretations of that but we wanted to do something different and we wanted to tap into this notion of multiverse of dimensions right next to our own the imagery that implies and the imagery we've seen in the trailer is already just stunning. And if you've ever read any of the old Doctor Strange, the Steve Ditko flavor of the world where it feels like this surrealist art, like when you look at a blacklight painting and it's totally different, like alternate universe next to our own feels like, you know, the, the thing right behind the wall. So if they're able to tap into that using today's technology, we're in for a very unique film and I, it's only a month away. Like, like we're, we're so close and we still have so little knowledge of the film, but we do have a clip I want to show you guys. And it is right here. Nice. He's got the powers. Yep. He's got the cave. The clock of levitation. It likes you. Stop. On November 4th, he's the hero we need. Dr. Strange, rated PT-13. Now, this trailer's unlike anything we've seen before for the movie, because that was a largely comedic take on Doctor Strange, which makes sense, Mm -hmm. because you've got 15 seconds, you want to entice audiences that don't know about the character, you want the everyday viewer to want to see this film, so going full comedy is really interesting, and those might be some of the rare comedy bits in the film, because we don't know the tone, so it's a really smart edit to be like, look, it's funny, it's Marvel, whether or not the movie is Guardians of the Galaxy-esque, it probably won't be, but that is a cool way to have it, because we also didn't know, or I didn't know, the Cloak of Levitation was going to have some sort of a sentience. Oh, right. Where it just like kind right. of... It gave a little sass. Like, yeah. So I'm intrigued <laughs> by the idea of like an almost symbiote-esque uh, take yeah. on the cloak. Which would be super interesting because yes, if a powerful garment or uh, object has been around for that long and has been imbued with all this power, why wouldn't it develop an intelligence right. or sentience? So it's like, and yes, I think it would be a little sassy. Right. Yeah. It's, it's seen some <laughs> it stuff. It's experienced be. some sorcerers. So that... that was a different flavor than we've experienced at all with all the footage we've had. So I wanted to show you guys that. And once again, I will let Matt spearhead this novella he's written for you guys next week. So now the moment mm-hmm. I know I've been waiting for and speeding towards, and I know Marquia has been waiting for yeah. as I've sped towards. Although... Shield out of the way. Oh, oh right, sure. Doom in the bush. That way shield. you guys can have the rest of the show. Okay. And but... then just real quick, um, as Sin City Magic says, <laughs> the cloak reminds them of the rug from Aladdin. Very cute. I love that. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. I want to let Doom just go because right, this season so is your baby. The basic, the, the main thing I just want to talk about for Agents Shield. Like last week's episode was great. There's no episode tonight uh, for anyone who's like confused. I didn't know until like last Thursday. Uh, but yeah, there's not going to be an episode tonight, but the big reveal, which on our after show, we sort of was just like, oh yeah, that they revealed that. And then this week they made the official announcement as if they hadn't revealed it, uh, is that the new director of shield is none other than Jeffrey Mace, AKA the Patriot. Uh, which if you don't know, if you're not familiar with Jeffrey Mace, he was, uh, the third captain America. Uh, he took over for, uh, Steve Rogers in, uh, some of the, uh, later, later years. Uh, there he is as uh, as Captain America. Uh, in this version, he's an Inhuman. That's cool. They made him, uh, there's a great that uh, there's a great scene where uh, May is like losing her uh, stuff. I'm not gonna swear. Uh, <laughs> May is losing her stuff and uh, like, swear she's, she's going she's going a little nuts. Yes. Nice. Uh, she's going a little nuts, and uh, at that point, uh, she just goes to attack the director, and he just stop. He just keeps taking hits again and again and again. Uh, at that point, I actually thought I was right for a moment about the Jim Hammond <laughs> thing. Uh, but no, it turns out that he's inhuman, and they put him there intentionally because they wanted it. Colson wanted a powered person uh, who the, the public trusted, is the way he put it. Uh, so we're still waiting to see how that his backstory holds out. But for those of you who are not familiar with Jeffrey Mace, like beyond being just the Captain America, he used to, in the comics, he worked for the Daily Bugle, came up that way. Uh, he's not an inhuman in the books. He's just a regular, regular dude. Uh, but we're going to see how he, how that history, I assume he's probably military, uh, is how we, he's trusted like a war hero of some kind and how he knows the president and how every, all of that comes together to make him the new director of shield who now is very clearly not trusting Colson as he shipped may to a mystery location. Uh, I'm very excited to see what they do with Jeffrey Mace, uh, which we'll find out next week, uh, and how uh, he and Ghost Rider eventually come and uh, fight each other. I don't know. I don't know why they're going to fight each other, but I I just think they will. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just excited that the character they chose is such a key part of the comics because like he's a it's a bigger reveal than I expected to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I mean this they they kept teasing that like oh 1940s history, Um, but I mean this is a character who's like known enough because he was Captain America for a while but not like you can burn him on shield and not really be worried about the MCU right like, right the cinematic universe overall uh but I'm curious like you guys let us know in the in the comments and stuff uh what you uh what you think about the decision to go with Jeffrey Mace and what uh it implies about shield and how we're going to proceed going forward I uh I'm excited and someone in the chat last week Orco Scar said they called that last week so Full brownie points. Uh, well, goody for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just uh, real quick, uh, chat room uh, was saying Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver. And then, yeah, I see here, uh, just like a really quick news thing, uh, Wired uh, was interviewing Sigourney Weaver. And uh, she said, uh, quote, to me, a good movie you cannot generalize. Uh, I've been watching for whatever reason. Um some Marvel movies and they cast really good actors. So then Wired asks her, wait, why are you binge watching Marvel movies, Sigourney Weaver? And she goes, I can't tell you! Exclamation point. <laughs> so, oh, that'd be amazing. Thank yeah. you, Sigourney Weaver, for that potential awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Everyone ever. That would be amazing. Janet Van Dyne? Can I, can I say Janet oh, Van Dyne? Oh, dude, that'd be... <laughs> a- her with Michael, with Michael Douglas? 
Yes. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> All about it. I take that. I know it's okay. not. Uh, I know I'm. Uh, that's of course where my brain's gonna go to first. You do but... love the Ant Man. Yeah. <laughs> man and Wasp. Man, that movie's coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Sigourney Weaver. I just wanted to be yeah. the voice in Finding Dory again. I just want yeah, her. I just want to. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was so well done. As Sigourney I'm Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. <laughs> just canon yeah. Sigourney Weaver in Marvel. Oh, I would have no problem with that. Oh, I would I'd love, love her. some Ripley. She's I'd love amazing. Her to be one of the um the elders in Thor and have it be a secret. <gasps> like she, because an unrevealed the, elder. That would be fantastic. Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, Benedict Shield Del Toro. She like she'll be an elder. <gasps> she's oh, on please? that caliber, and then some. I'd, I'd argue. She's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, so, she's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, so that'd be, it'd be cool if she was like a, a sneaky elder we didn't know about. Ooh, Well, please. guys. Well, yes. is it time? Okay, is it's it time. time. There's no okay. audio on this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go over to Luke Cage. We're going to start this conversation, spoiler free, as best yeah, we can. We're going to start it possible. there. Because I know a lot of you haven't had time to get to that point yet where, I mean, it, it was four days ago and it was a 13-hour show. Ooh, someone in the chat said Lady Death. Yeah, Lady Ooh. Death for Sigourney Weaver. Josh oh, Brolin I, and, and Sigourney Weaver. Yes. And Ryan Reynolds crushing Sigourney Weaver. I am all about that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, so we're going to talk first as spoiler-free as possible. Mm-hmm. We will then cue the lights, and it'll be very clear we're going to go into spoilers. There might be light spoilers in this opening segment because of the type of show it is. It is not a, it's, it's not yeah, a show that it's just so, has... It's so interwoven. Um, each aspect is... It's just so thorough. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a lasagna. Of... <laughs> But no, we might lightly spoil it, but then we're going to get to the spoilers. <laughs> so if you haven't watched it all, uh, we'll let you know when we're going to go full spoiler, but we might touch on it right now. And then next week with Matt, we're going to be continuing talking about it because I know Matt wants to talk about it. But uh, but first, yeah. I'm just going to let Marquia go. Okay. So, by oh. all means. All right. So This is your Spider-Man and your Deadpool. So yeah, I, I know. I but want the... you to have all the freedom. Yeah, the thing is keeping it as spoiler-free as possible. Just the top. Then just, we'll go crazy. Just the top, and then we'll go crazy. Okay, so... Uh, all right, so you've had time to uh, possibly become familiar with Luke Cage, uh, where his um, in in the comic book I'm talking about comic book Luke Cage, where his um, his origins are uh, he was a past gang leader um, with his best friend Willis Stryker. Uh, then he ends up being uh, double crossed by Willis Stryker because of the love of Reva Connors, where Willis Stryker was really into Reva Connors, and he thought that Reva was into Luke Cage, um, who at that time was called Carl Lucas. This is already a lasagna. Yeah, this see, is I'm already saying, a there's lasagna. layers and tears. Uh-huh. The ricotta is spoilers. You have to touch the ricotta <laughs> to get the lasagna. It's hard. Well, um, in any case, that's why he gets sent to Seagate Prison. Uh, he's framed. He knows he's innocent. Everybody else thinks he's guilty. He's uh, picked for experimentation at Seagate Prison. Uh, it goes awry because of uh, a, a guard named Rackham who sabotages the experiment, which results in um, Carl Lucas's bulletproof skin, you know, and also his uh, cell regeneration, um, how he's able to have um, uh, pretty much su- supernatural strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going that he escapes from Seagate, goes back to Harlem, uh, you know, adopts the moniker Luke Cage and then winds up being a hero for hire uh, just because of his own set of morals um, and him wanting to do good, but also 
wanting to get paid for it because he still has to eat and he still has to pay for his rent for um, his office above the gym theater on 42nd this Street. This isn't a spoiler, but him not taking the money at that one point, like when he's like, I, I don't know. get paid. I was like, I don't, I yeah. feel like that's a great nod, but it's a nod in the opposite direction. Like I was like, <laughs> oh, what a great way to reference, but wait, he does, he does get paid. That's his thing. So that was strange. Sorry. Go yeah, no, no problem. And also I'll keep one eye on the chat room. Uh, let me know if things are getting a little bit too spoilery for you or if you have some questions. Okay, so uh, so that's what happens in comic book Luke Cage. Now, there's there's differences that happen with uh, Luke Cage Netflix, just going from those origin stories. Uh, Reva Connors is not... Well, okay. No, that might be a little bit... It gets to spoiler. That gets a little bit spoilery. Okay, so we'll, we'll go a different tack then. We'll come back to that because that's yeah, a big we'll, point. We'll and that's like episode that. 10. That's pretty deep. Yeah, yeah, we'll come back to that one. Okay, so we'll say... Um, why don't you guys just give like your overall thoughts and then we'll just put up the big spoiler. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let's give our just review without discussing the pieces. Let's All just... right. Broad strokes. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I very, very much enjoyed Luke Cage, uh, Netflix's Luke Cage. I thought this was so incredibly well done. Each episode was, it's, it was like a beautiful world set within an even greater world. It was, uh, effortlessly, uh, Harlem. <laughs> it was effortlessly that, but it was also a superhero tale. Um, I mean, and just the musicality is it is interwoven throughout the entire um, each episode. So, uh, along with that, and the portrayal of characters, they everybody got a say with this. I mean, everything from um, you know the character Shades is in it. We know that from the trailer, so I can say that. <laughs> uh, where Shades has levels that. Um, he goes through he's not just um diamond backs lackey mm -hmm. he is he's an instrumental force he's almost an elemental force throughout. he's weirdly my favorite character isn't he shades really? is weirdly like a very captivating version of that very two-dimensional comic character because yeah. i never thought of shades as someone I'd, I'd read and be like interesting tell me more but yeah in the, in the comic shades and comanche are basically henchmen that kind of have a moral code of they barely barely have a moral code where there's one part where um they talk luke cage into fighting on their side because they held someone hostage and yeah and then they don't rat him out when the police come so that he'll get taken to prison with him. They're like, no, man, we're not no snitches. We'll see you later. I'm like, okay. <laughs> sure. So that's Shades and Comanche from the comic book. But like actually in Luke Cage, it's, he's vulnerable, Shades. Mm -hmm. He's vulnerable, but forceful, intense. And he's also a voice of reason, but he's also the devil that sits on your shoulder. And the actor that played him nailed mm. all of that. Now, actually, to be fair, my favorite character was the little boy who wouldn't snitch on Luke Cage. That kid. You know that kid? The kid yes. That kid in the police station is my favorite character of maybe I, any I Marvel show. I believe his name was Lonnie, he but was I'm not certain. Awesome. I think it was Lonnie. So that guy. And then Shades. But so. <laughs> uh, Yeah, so it looks like, okay, looks like that wasn't too spoilery good. Uh, so, but yeah, that's that's something that Luke Cage did really well. Each one of the characters had their, had so many levels to it. Mariah Dillard, uh, I'm not going to get spoilery. Uh, she is uh, a councilwoman. Uh, she's cousin of um, of Cottonmouth uh, Stokes, and she's not just something to you know be there as a prop for the other characters in the show. She suffers from PTSD from um, past things that have happened in her life. Uh, you see a history of how her and Cottonmouth get to the point that they're at, and even with her and Cottonmouth, they're bad guys. They're evil. 
but you get where they're coming from and you want them to win. And that just says a lot for how well, how intense they're able to go into those layers with all of the characters. You want to add anything in on that? I'm trying to keep oh, it no, as... Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm admiring your uh, <laughs> levity with this. Uh, I like to add that I thought that each of the characters... Hmm. Okay, I'm from Boston, <laughs> and being from Boston, I know some crime, but it's very different. Uh, like, the crime scene in Boston is very different than the crime scene in Harlem. And, like, what you're exposed to in Boston is different what you're exposed to in Harlem. So, uh, I grew up in a, a little city called Lowell, Massachusetts, and seeing the way things were run there and the police force and the crime there... I never identified with films that were set in, in these areas of New York, and I never really understood that world because it always seemed like a either glorification or exaggeration. It never felt real. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage, through its brilliant character development, made me believe in this type of crime to such a level that when I saw a character wearing this immaculate suit and beating someone to death, I was like, oh, I get it! Yeah! <laughs> like, I never experienced that. And, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I've never been in those circles, thankfully, but I, I didn't get it until the show. And when I watched movies from the 80s and 90s, and this, this culture's been uh, used in many films in very generalized ways, and very, almost... Um, over the top to a level that it's insulting ways. Ah. And this to me felt like it was a respectful way to show a dangerous time in a dangerous place with dangerous people without judging them. And I love that. Yeah, it it gave you the motivations behind what was going on. It it actually put you in there. And it had a lot to do with camera angles, mm-hmm. like um, when you go flashbacks into Cottonmouth's youth and Cottonmouth's and Mariah's youth. Um, there are certain angles that they take, like um, one thing to say with musicality, and this isn't a spoiler, Cottonmouth is a very gifted musician, mm-hmm. um, and there is a particular scene where there is a, a number of things that happen in it, but with the camera angle, you are right in the face of the younger Cottonmouth while he is doing his best to zero in on his art to be you know, part of the piano and not really paying attention to what's behind him. You can see that it's kind of a refuge for him and you can relate to that. And and just using that with so many different characters on a lesser show would have become muddled. And I really felt like I understood these people and why they were doing the things they were doing, even though they were awful things. And that I thought was beautiful. And I thought that, I mean, Maharshala, I think is how you say it, Ali. Maharshala Ali. He is, I've been saying for over a year, one of my favorite actors, even though I can't say his name. Uh, he is a force on this show. Yes. Every time he's on screen, you that his laugh. laugh. <laughs> yeah. His, his laugh. Because it, it's used at just the right time every oh, time. And you know it's it coming. Is. And then you're just like, mm. he's, he's a force. And I loved seeing how he represented that tricky character and how every time he was around, I wanted to know what his motivation was. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, things happen that make you wonder more about his childhood that you wouldn't have cared about with a lesser actor. Yeah. Like that character could have easily been one note. Exactly. Um, and uh, things that are, oh, no, Misty. Oh, no. Oh, Ironic timing. I know. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, because in the chat room, they're like, wait, what about Misty? <laughs> so I talk about Misty. She was so, yeah. chiming in. She was like, she hey, make- hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So non-spoilery things about Misty. Uh, Misty, I mean, I can I can basically repeat what um uh, uh, uh oh, i'm sorry what's her name uh simic 
first name? Simone. Simone Simic? No, Missick. Simone Missick. I can basically repeat what uh, Simone Missick said. Uh, yes, Misty is very much not anybody's sidekick in this. <laughs> uh, there, There is one episode where it is very um, Misty-oriented, uh, where... There, there's a lot of characters that go through PTSD <laughs> uh, uh, in this. There's, there's, there's joy to be found um, in Luke Cage, but there's also a whole lot of reality too. So um, Misty, I, I love what they did with this character. I think that just, just what they have done with her, with Luke Cage, they can easily take that exact same character and put her into Netflix's Defenders, and she would be running things. Yeah. Uh, it it was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, Misty, I, I very very multifaceted. She's goes from everything. I mean, she goes from, from her first appearance. I loved her from her <laughs> scene at the bar. I was like, it's Misty Knight. Like <laughs> that was like two minutes of screen time, and mm-hmm. I I knew everything about that version of Misty Knight and how it tied to the comic version. Mm-hmm. And then I was more invested in her version than the comic version. Like within that first five minutes. Yeah. And she's she's so rooted in in everything that happens in Harlem. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she grew up there and you can tell. And that's another thing with Luke Cage with like um just Harlem is an active character um within Luke Cage. I mean, you learn so much from each episode. Like, for instance, um from the very first episode. I'll just say stuff from the very first episode. Uh The Invisible Man by Ellis. Read it. Because uh yeah, that's that's one of the things that keeps on cropping up in Luke Cage. That and actual buildings um, that have meaning, that have history, that are part of the heartbeat of Harlem are actually in Luke Cage. It's it's so amazing. Uh, and something else that keeps on coming up in the in the chat room, um, kind of comparing uh, Mahershala Ali's character and Diamondback, and you know that both of them are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's safe. They, yeah. Uh, they're saying that uh, Marhashala's character is very layered and everything, while um, Diamondback is very cartoony. I can see why they say that. Um, Diamondback's character is, well, you know that he exists because of the first episode. And actually, I can't get into this. Yeah, I can't. I can't yeah, get I, into I, that. I have things to say about it, too. Should we yeah. switch over to spoiler mode? We should switch over to spoiler mode. Okay, so that was our, our light and fluffy. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> okay, now You've we're free. You've been warned. You've That's been warned. all the warning. Okay. okay. All right, so I'm going to... Uh, oh, okay. So I can answer some of these questions. Dive then. in. Okay. All right. So this first one that I saw from... Uh, let's see right here. Okay. Jeff Dunn asks with a lot of uh, <laughs> question marks, did Misty and Luke get together in the comics? I... Okay, I haven't read every single one of the comics. I've read a great big share. Like, let's say 87% of the comics, Luke Cage, from original to now, I've read. Um, I don't remember them ever getting together. I mean, I'll, I didn't I'll, either. I don't remember them getting together. If somebody wants to correct me on that, feel free. But I don't remember that. So when that happened in the first episode where they just started for lack of a better smoking boots uh they had, I, to, get I was like, they had to go get coffee they, they, yeah getting coffee <laughs> getting coffee <laughs> that threw me for a loop i was like what what i mean obviously danny uh isn't in either one of their lives but what is going to happen when that comes around and jessica jones exactly and jessica jones it's like because misty's lot. not going away no no that's that's it's gonna be there. a love and even square. just with claire temple luke cage is supposed to get with claire temple and they have, they've definitely sowed the seeds for that. But then also Claire Temple is a very nurturing character who has a huge heart. Mm-hmm. So 
I yeah, love their relationship go. so much. Oh, it's Claire so Templin great. Luke's cage relationship made me so happy. Oh, it was so nice. Um, okay, and NRM RKL says um, I was expecting her to lose her arm in the show. How did she lose it in the comics? Um, yeah, um, in the show they they really strongly hinted at um, Misty losing her arm um, due to I believe it was a was a. Uh, she she got shot in Harlem Paradise. Yeah, and through the artery. Like, she, she got, got shot through the artery and her arm. And Clara Temple, thank goodness, was there to tie off the artery. But under the thing where she's like, oh, we can't leave this in too long because you'll lose your arm. And I'm yeah. like, don't you do that. In the comics. Like you said you didn't want Don't was, you do that. I watched that. As soon as I thought, I was like, Marquise, going to be so mad. I was screaming at the TV. I was like, <laughs> no, no. Um Okay, in the comics, uh, she's uh, it's, it's a terrorist bomb attack thing. She gets everybody else out of the building. She's unable to save herself. She's throwing the bomb away as it counts down. It explodes, and she loses her arm that way. So very much hero cop kind of a thing. Which I think is more passionate about her character than oh, receiving a yeah. bullet. It's it's her doing a selfless act instead of like, I've been shot. Like, that wouldn't be <laughs> fair to Misty, like, no. as a character or the actress who's killing it. Okay. Okay, so for Diamondback... Um, all right. So how you were saying, oh, it's like cartoony. All right. So, cause we can it's say time. this. We got red spoiler. Lights. We got a spoiler. <laughs> all right. So Diamondback, Willis Stryker in the comics, uh, him and Luke Cage are best friends, you know, um, but they are criminals together. Uh, and like I said, he betrays Luke Cage. Da, da, da. In Marvel's Netflix, not only did they change Luke Cage's background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's upset we're done. I know, she's she upset. She wants to go back to being the subject. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not not only um, did they change Luke Cage's background, they made him son of a preacher, um, also ex-military and um, cop. Uh, they made it where Willis Stryker is his half-brother. Mm-hmm. So, ooh, I actually got a little shiver for just saying that. Uh, yeah, which made a whole different dynamic between Luke Cage and Diamondback. So that's why if you're feeling like he's cartoony um, earlier on, it gets real deep, real quick, uh, where um, Luke Cage's preacher father cheated right in front of Etta, mm-hmm. um, Luke Cage's mom. That seems intense when they were kids in, the, in that church. That, yeah. that whole flashback moment was really Yeah, cool. there's a beautiful flashback moment. And then to go on top of that, um, any so once you know that any interaction between Diamondback and Luke Cage is just so it has like this underbelly mm-hmm. that's going on with it. But the fossil scar situation. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I went with it. I was like, yo, they're full of fossil scar. They're dealing with some stuff, you guys. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so I love that Willis's name was used in what you talking about, Willis. When Shade said that, I was like, did you catch that? <laughs> no. At one point, they're in the club, and he's, like, going off crazy. And she's like, what you talking about, Willis? And he's like, don't use my real name. And I was like, did you just say that as a joke that ties to this amazing character name? Oh, for man. It was beautiful. Effortlessly. It was amazing. Effortlessly. I love that. Oh, okay. Uh, Tim Coogan is talking about Diamondback suit. Uh, you, you've gotten to that point where yes. you see Diamondback suit. Uh, yeah, because it's made from uh, Hammer Industries yeah, uh, materials. I and I saw that. I was like, oh my goodness, they went there. Yeah. They went there Sam with Rockwell, it. Sam he got to be a little bit of the show. I was like, what? Yeah, because <laughs> I love amazing. Justin Hammer. Uh, okay, in the comics, Diamondback is really great with uh, different um, knives. And he actually has uh, kind of his type of cue for villains that... Um, changes the knives to make them be specific things like um one can release gas one can do like a, a sonic vibration it's like hawkeye's could... arrows there we go absolutely like good good parallel 
Um, so he actually, in the comics, he actually ends up killing himself by falling on his own exploding knife. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. In, in this, watch the finale. Watch the, watch uh, the finale. The, one of the other lines someone just mentioned, uh, AZ Sin City Magic. Hey, Amos, tell them how you're famous. I loved that line so much. There were a great little zingers that were like super <laughs> quiet off to the side. Uh, I, I want to talk about the really intense... Um, use of his steel hard skin as a detriment that lasted for two episodes where they had to, because <gasps> yes. I thought that was a really cool way to do in the comics that happens fairly often. Cause you mm-hmm. don't want to make him Superman. You don't want to make him invincible. You want him to have a, ability to get hurt. So yeah, I which loved... is why they try to drown him or exactly. they try to like Mariah had that, that her, her speech about her speech, her about... speech of plot points from the oh, comics. <laughs> that was, I was like, was powerful. but go ahead. So I love the, the scenes in which they're trying to figure out how to replicate getting his skin malleable again. And and it was a very intense thing because not only was it like this amazing acting from Rosario Dawson, but you don't trust the scientist she's working with at all. And you care about Luke Cage's ability to come back. And it, it, it really just embodied all of the weakness of Luke Cage and made him more human than I'd, we'd gotten to that point yet. Because in the, in, in Daredevil, when he gets shot, you, you've only met him for like a few minutes. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. not minutes, but like you've had maybe an hour with him. Yeah. At this point, you've had 10 hours with this character. You're really invested in him and you as the audience don't know how to save him. So I mm-hmm. thought it was a really good way of making his power a detriment. And I love those two episodes. Yeah. Um, and also what, what a fantastic way to go about it where it's like the invention of the Judas. Yes. Where it's like, it's this ex- basically a Drill. drilling exploding bullet. And it's Shi'ar or like they, they referenced that it was alien tech. Yeah. Uh, that they got it from the incident. Right. Which I loved. Yes. Uh, I love that they incorporated oh, that. Oh, and that kid. I loved the kid on the street selling the tapes. Well, I loved- oh yeah. There, there's a yeah, there's a kid on the streets like, that's selling bootlegs of uh, and he's of like Luke's incident. boy. I love that he because when they first showed him, I was like, oh, that's a clever way to show the, the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then the second time they showed him, I'm like that's a bit much. But then when they came back the third time and he starts to like kind of work for Luke Cage and keep an eye out for him, like <laughs> he's his eye on the street. I was yep. like, yes, this character's so good. <laughs> there, there was a lot of that world building that I don't think we've experienced quite as well in. I think Harlem is more fleshed out than Hell's Kitchen. I think they've oh, done a, a much better job. Definitely. And Hell's Kitchen's had three seasons. Harlem's had one. So I so give a lot of credit. what does that say, right? I think they did a very good job investing making Harlem a separate character and mm. a, a very fleshed out version of that reality. And that's why I'm curious how the Defenders works because it's going to be interesting to take Luke Cage out of Harlem. Right. Or put the Defenders into it. Yeah, it's kind of like with um, Black Panther, how they were saying, like, uh, they're really going to, you know, discover Wakanda and everything mm-hmm. that they're... Um, in the comics, Black Panther spent, tends to spend a lot of time <laughs> yeah. outside of Wakanda. Um, you know, Avenger stuff and uh, the, the clan. He fights the clan. That's not a spoiler. Everybody, everybody tends That's to fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... It's it's like a so yeah taking this fleshed out character where you've seen him in those surroundings and then putting him you know with the defenders in Hell's Kitchen you think they'll go Shadowland with it oh I think so oh I personally think be great. I think it's where they're gonna go I think that'd be fantastic but I, I just want to give full credit to them doing Harlem Justice this version mm-hmm. of Harlem Justice and making Luke Cage's world so thorough because that <laughs> that was one of the things I was worried about was. You know, the last week's show and, and all the stuff you and I did talking about the show leading up to it, I was yeah. worried about it becoming a cliche and it being right. a generalized. And I think the biggest thing I got out of the show was feeling like I was part of a world that I will never personally know. And I oh. loved that because I felt like I could understand a situation that I, thankfully don't have to put myself in to get and i loved mm-hmm. the police uh tapes commentary i loved the uh the the use of uh discretionary police violence and i love that there weren't it, there were good cops 
Like, I love that the show didn't just make cops yeah. bad guys. Because they're... No, no. They were, was a... they were operating on the knowledge that they had. And and it felt real. Yeah, Most of the time. There were a couple it... times I was a little well, like, like, yeah, yeah okay. Like that one guy that was like the, the, the guy, the outside source like SWAT guy that was like, everyone's bad. <laughs> Everyone in Harlem is to be shot. And I was like, yeah, bro. I don't know. That guy exists. That's true. Yeah. I'm just glad but I, I they really weren't like... all that guy. Yeah. I really like uh, Mariah Dillard's thing of, um, yeah, where she's like, yeah, not, we just have to equip our cops with the right ammunition and then that's how judas gets right. mass produced on the street for cops to have i thought they handled that really well that and it's a really nice. tricky subject matter and i really felt like i was part of a world that i won't ever be a part of and that's what i think the show did i think that's what the show needed to do and yeah. i think that's the biggest accomplishment you can give a show <laughs> so yeah uh, full okay. credit uh two two really quick ones um oh goodness i just lost it uh sorry oh okay um maurice suggs uh, PLO style was my joint back in the day, which reminded me, uh, you know, in the trailer where they have a uh, method man, uh, in the corner store, he, he was being robbed, you know, in the corner store and then PLO style. I don't know if they meant to do this, but I, I honestly think at this point they mean to do everything. Uh, the inspiration Smart between people. PL PLO style, um, and you can find this on YouTube as a, a video that, um, method man actually talks about where, they were talking about that there was a corner store that they would frequent um, when they were younger. And they saw that the people that owned the corner store had pictures of themselves when they were basically, you know, child soldiers with like guns. And, and it was that they related with them with that. Cause it's like, Oh, even though we've grown up in different places, we know what this is like. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, That's to cool. have that. And then to reference PLO style in that corner store, I was just like, what? yeah, they, they I just love everything. Okay, so then in the other the other quick question, Sky Patterson, what is the difference between Luke Cage and Hulk? Are they invincible? No. <laughs> no, no. As we saw in those two episodes I loved, like Luke Cage yeah. can get real hurt. And I don't know, they did such a good job showing the vulnerability of a steel-skinned man. Like they did yes. such a good job making Luke Cage a person. And Mike mm -hmm. Coulter, full credit to that man. Like that guy is just Yeah, he he wore those layers. Yeah. He oh did. oh, and the scene I have to talk about. How I've not started with this. <laughs> the yellow blouse and tiara. Oh! <laughs> My God, was that I was, I literally stood up and cheered like a crazy person. Like, I have not been that excited in a very long time. And thank you for that yellow blouse. Oh, man. And they even, like, he even mentioned it later in the show. He's yeah. like, yeah, you know, I can't believe I put that. Like, that was so good. <laughs> it's what I could find. <laughs> that was perfect. So I was very happy and I didn't expect it. And somehow that didn't leak. So that made me happy. Yeah. Like, I didn't know no, anything. It was, it was fantastic. And then all of this is just like a scratch on the surface of the amazingness that is uh, Luke Cage. I mean, there's so many other things that we can talk about that we'll get into next, next week. week. Yeah. You know, reveals about Reva Connors, uh, mm -hmm. uh, reveals about um, the style of the show versus the comics, um, really getting to the portrayal of the different women characters, um, everything from Mariah Dillard to um, Inspector Ridley, who comes in later. Misty uh, in and Claire teaming up. Oh, right. That was one of my favorite. I told you before oh, the show, one of my favorite scenes was Misty and Claire teaming up because it just felt right. Like, because the whole time <laughs> they've built this, like, buddy duo up, kind of, like, this reluctant team mm -hmm. up, like, camaraderie. And then as soon as they act on it, I was like, it yeah. was so good. And then just underlying themes, like uh, the PTSD that uh, I keep on saying that because that's such a big thing. And then also uh, the death of a character that I was so surprised mm -hmm. was killed. And we'll talk about all of that uh, I guess next week. When yeah, we we'll have, have Matt back. We'll have Matt back. And we also, I mean, we and we want to do more of this here, but uh, in spoilers, I think it's safe to say. 
Into spoilers. Um, we want to do more. Oh, hey, guys. Hey. Oh, hey. hey, Zach's back. Hey, Doom. He's hey. back from spoiler He's heaven. He's back. Uh, so okay. we wanted to do, uh, a, a definitely touch on this this week, but it, we know it's only been four days. And we watched it, but I know a lot of you probably haven't. Mm-hmm. So now that the spoilers are over, welcome back. And next week will be no holds barred. You've had 11 days. We're going to dive into it. It's <laughs> going to be. everything. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to go crazy once Matt's back. We wanted to just touch on it this week because we had watched it and very yes. excitedly had a lot to share. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we would love to hear your thoughts. And mm. by all means, in Please. between these two weeks, it'd be great to come back next week with, with fan opinions. Yes. Um, yes. Comments and questions and just everything like that. And, you know, give us a direction. Otherwise, it's just everything. <laughs> like this episode of just being like, we're excited. So uh, if next week you'd like anything you want to point out, anything you notice we might not have. Uh, anything that you felt was right what worked what didn't work next week I'd love to have a pretty interactive show oh that'd Um, be nice yeah Yeah, I'd like to involve because my whole thing about Luke Cage's community and I'd like to bring you our community into our world of show because that's what I think Luke Cage represents yes it's very much community related yeah and that's that's the flavor of the show I wanted and I'm Mm -hmm. so happy we got it so that is all the time we have for this week where can they find you on the interwebs Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Markeia McCarty that's M-A-R-K-E-I-A M-C-C-A-R-T-Y or Snapchat, Darth Thinmints. Darth is Invader, Thinmints as in Girl Scout cookies. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U. I would love to hear from you guys this week, and I will see you next week on Marvel Movie News! From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>